wagging, bunking off, or whatever you like to call it, truancy is something as old as education itself. But it's not just about having a day out of the classroom. Many children who skip school also get into trouble with the law. With individual schools trying to do more to police school attendance, Andrew McRae explores what's being done to combat the problem. Um, I believe there's some kids hanging out in the is it Aberfoyle Park? Yes, it is. Hiding down there. It's a usual sort of place for the kids to hang out. It's just a bit of a park with a gully through it. And we're just going to try and hopefully catch them and bring them back to school. Every week an estimated 30,000 primary and secondary school students in this country skip school. This ranges from students taking the occasional day off to a small number of hardcore recidivist truants. While the majority of school-aged children do attend class and cause no problem, truancy is still an issue that concerns those involved in education, the justice system and the police. If a child misses one day of school a week uh, during their school life, they've effectively missed out on a year's schooling, which is a huge amount of, of education that they're missing out of and social interaction and uh, all that comes with that. Not all truants, not all non-enrolled young people offend, but almost all those who offend seriously are not enrolled or are truants. What surprises us is the number of students who come to us into secondary were already quite entrenched in terms of behaviours around truancy. If you're feeling interested and engaged in school, you're less likely to slip away. Um, my name is Constable Anya Day. I am based at Fairfield Intermediate and I'm a campus cop. How much of your work would be involved tracking truants? I'd say about 40% of the time. So where are we heading now? Oh, we'll just go around Fairfield, Clarkin Road. Um, skate Bowl is a good area for where kids usually hang out. Um, they take the day off school, they go down to the Skate Bowl, hang out there for the day. Um, usually that's a good area that we pick up and just around the local shops and stuff. So you only had today off? Yeah. Because your teacher's gone on a trip. Okay. Just let me call um and what were you at school yesterday? Yep. yep. So she's gone on a trip today and who's told you that you're not to go to school Her. today? Yeah. Her. Your teacher. teacher. Look there's a student right there and pull him up. <laughs> Constable Ania Day, one of four police officers assigned to schools in Hamilton. They regularly head out, sometimes with personnel from SASH, the school attendance service Hamilton to check on school-aged children, seen out on the streets during school hours, and they also make home visits. Jim Church is the manager of SASH. He says it's important to nip absenteeism from school in the bud before it evolves into fully-fledged truancy later in a child's school life. You'll get to the kids at primary age and those kids with ongoing support and, and the knowledge and the rapport with the whanau will actually prevent them probably um, having poor attendance at secondary school. And then in the other case that they may have had perfect attendance at uh, primary school, but they hit high school and they just go off the rails. And that can be a variety of things. They can't handle going around five to six subjects a day. They can't handle um, having to be taught by six different teachers. You've got um, separation disorder, uh, grief and all that stuff comes in when they're in adolescence, which can actually, um, can actually just put them off, off kilter a little bit. What happened is that is because I seen you fellas walking really late and I know that you go to my raw intermediate because I recognise the uniform. Um, you fellas got a note from home? Renata Cowell is an attendance officer with SASH 
has been doing the work for 13 years. For me personally, I feel that he, uh, the issues, um, our economic climate, our, everything that's evolving around our students, that has changed. So, of course, families got to adjust, i.e. budgeting and all that, um, it, the recession at this present moment. So, yeah, things have changed. Um, I have noticed that a lot of students are using... Um, Many of excuses, especially that now they have the power, they can ring child, youth and families, they can ring police and you know, parents have got no rights sort of thing. Senior Sergeant Lance Tibbet heads community and youth services for the police in Waikato. He says there's no one definition of what a truant is, as it ranges from parent-condoned truanting, where a child's been kept home to look after younger siblings, and admitted truanting, where kids turn up for school for roll call, but then slip away, through to the hardcore repeat offender. There's the old social work or um, youth work adage that, that there's the four legs of the table in the youth's life. It's the, uh, the family, and the community they live in, the school that they attend and the peers that they hang around with. Now if one of those legs, those tables are, are unstable, then the table becomes wobbly and the, and the kid is on that depending on which way he or she goes. So um, schools are, are vitally important for how um, the child develops. Senior Sergeant Tibbetts says the police throughout the country have become more aware in recent times of just how big a part truancy plays in youth offending. We recently did an analysis of some of our figures and in the Hamilton CBD here, during school hours, 25% of the apprehensions were of uh, people that should have been at school during those school hours. So yeah, school kids, uh, on a conservative figure, are committing about 25% of our daytime offending. To the police's credit, uh, a lot more resources have gone into the whole youth services area. You know, it's the old saying, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. And, you know, we've been in existence for over 120-odd years now. And if we don't identify our kids that are at risk early and help them and their families early, then we're just going to have the same problem in 10, 15, 20 years down the track with these uh, young people. If we can keep them in school, get that really good basis for a good solid living and work ethic into them right from the first year they go to school in year one, or primer one in my days, that has to be good for, for New Zealand, Hamilton and New Zealand in, in another 10, 15 years' time. So, and, and police are nationally looking at assisting those young people and their families whatever way we can. It's conservatively estimated that 80% of young people who come before the youth court are either truants or not enrolled in school. Not enrolled are students under 16 who've been excluded from school for disciplinary reasons and yet to find a new school to attend. It's perhaps not surprising that the problem of non-attendance at school is of real concern to the principal youth court judge, Andrew Beecroft. Huge, enormous, very significant or any other similar adjective you wanted to use. It's a fundamental issue for the youth court and it's one of the most common characteristic features. We say therefore that if there was a king hit to reduce youth offending, there isn't, but if there was such a thing, it would be to keep every young person meaningfully involved in some form of education or training until at least the age of 16. And it's almost that simple. And I think it's better to say that not being at school is the symptom, not the cause. That is, there's usually underlying issues to do with cannabis or drug use, with conduct disorder, health issues, family issues, 
peer choice. They are usually the fundamental issue that is behind the truanting or the non-enrolment and they've got to be addressed rather than just ferrying truanting kids back to school. So where does Judge Beecroft think the responsibility lies? I'm a judge, not a social commentator or policy analyst. I mean, first and foremost, it's with the schools. And we know some schools have a terrifically tough job in lower decile areas with especially problematic families and suburbs with, in their catchment area. I mean, I was at a school not so long ago, a New Zealand secondary school, where I was told the daily average truancy rate was 29%. That's nearly three out of every ten students each day aren't at school. So it's a school issue, but it's more than a school issue. Because if we're right that the underlying issues are usually likely to be pretty severe, then the school's going to need help and support from good community-based wraparound services, psychological services, drug and alcohol services. So there's no magic bullet for truancy. And I think all of us... I mean, I've, I've learned enormously from... from those involved in truancy, they're just being a taxi service that drives kids back to school, saying you're not at school, you're truanting, get back to school. That won't cut it. I mean, these are deep-seated issues that will need some pretty determined and comprehensive interventions for the truancy to be solved. Luke Mialamu is the in-school social worker at Arere College in Papatoetoe. He's a former student of Arere College and was not averse to the occasional bout of truanting himself. Mr Mialamu says there are many reasons the student plays truant, and excitement is just one of them. As an ex-truant, but, uh, but also like, for them living on the edge, I mean, there's some kids that are just lazy, plain lazy, and they don't get followed up from the parents, where the parents focus too much on uh, working and supporting the family, but not really getting to know their kids. Um, I was a, to be honest, I was a, a candidate of that. I mean, I always before providing for my family was the best thing. Working in a factory for five years and didn't really get to know my kids. And I, I still see that pattern happening now where parents think it's right just to be working 24-7 with the kids. They have that uh, space of time to truant and uh, not get to school on time. Once, you know, the habits are well formed, you really have quite a battle ahead of you. And, uh, I mean, it's not a large number of girls in terms of our school, but for those where it happens, you can see that it would have been good if the intervention had been earlier and the hard work had been done then. And, you know, I, I really feel for primary and intermediate schools and think that they must be struggling with some of this, given what we have once they arrive at secondary. The principal of Hamilton Girls High, Mary Ann Baxter. She believes it's important to recognise what's triggering a student's non-attendance or truancy because the longer it's left, the harder it is to draw them back into learning. I, I think the first thing is if you can actually get the girls talking and perhaps being able to sit back and ask them why they aren't coming to school and try and understand what can have happened for them and then look at what we can do in terms of supporting them. I mean, I've seen us with a real turnaround with a girl recently where she had had to go right through to the most serious discipline issues because of um, both her behaviour through truancy, but also it was the fact of some bullying behaviour she'd actually got involved in. But what happened was when we really explored it is she was finding school so difficult because 
she wasn't getting to class and so her learning had really slipped behind and what we actually did was a review of her program and so far she has actually um, been there every day and I think part of it is that you have to get to the heart of the fact that sometimes their learning has got so far behind that we you know, we, we will not make the difference if we continue doing the same old, same old. Dr Michael Irwin is a senior lecturer in education at Massey University at Albany in Auckland. He's a firm believer in tackling the problem of truancy head-on at an early stage in a child's life. I can even tell you now of young children as young as nine who haven't been at school but have been seen on the streets smoking and drinking. Now, if you see a young child like that, I would just think if we were a, a caring community, we would say, hey... You are so-and-so, why aren't you at school? Rather than sort of looking at him in disgust and walking by. You don't just suddenly get to secondary school and say, I hate school, I'm going to be truant. It built up through a feeling about school was built up whether good or bad from the time you start school. The more successes children have at school, the more likely they're going to keep going to school. When you start feeling failure coming in, you start getting bored with what's happening, you can't see any relevance of what you're learning, and you're sitting for a long time having to write and listen, you then think, what am I doing here? Marianne Baxter from Hamilton Girls High says there are many more outside pressures coming on students today. We're finding more and more that students are deeply affected by a lot of the interactions that they're having via the internet, whether it's on a Bebo site or something else, something that is said there or set up there. We wear it back in the school, and their way often of dealing with it is to absent themselves. That way they don't have to face up to the students who may either be bullying them or excluding them from groups or whatever it is that makes it really tough when they're at school. And adolescence isn't an easy stage in their life. Sometimes it can be around the rules and boundaries in that home where they, the parents are very clear about the friends they can and can't have and we're very thankful to see parents who are prepared to put up boundaries. Sometimes the student will use the school day as a time to provide themselves with some, attempt to provide themselves with some freedom and so they will meet up with their friends during that time of the day. So yeah, it's, it's a very complex one to try and say, you know, what, what does a serial truant actually look like? Graham McCann is the principal of Rosehall College in Papakura and is the chairperson of the New Zealand Secondary Schools Principals Council. He believes there are significant levels of disengagement among teenagers from secondary school, which can lead to truancy. There may be a number of reasons. One may be being attracted into a drug culture for a small minority. We have other programs designed to try and ensure that their learning needs are looked at. Uh, often as youngsters get into their early years in secondary school, what had been learning difficulties earlier and had been masked to some degree or they had coped not very well with maybe, but certainly coped to some degree, those become more difficult for them as they get into secondary school. So it's really important to uh, look at their learning needs in, the, in the, the junior part of secondary school. Michael Irwin from Massey University describes truancy as having a multiple of layers. He believes schools can do a lot more and should start with looking at how they can better engage with all students. Schools, when they get pupils coming in, they really need to work on ways of getting that child engaged in the school, feeling motivated to actually come to school, feeling connected with the school, 
That might be through academic work, but also can be through um, extracurricular activities, you know, whether it's sport, the arts, or other clubs that can be involved around the school. If you feel connected, you're less likely to be truant. So really it comes back to the individual school, and I guess some schools are better at it than others. Yeah, some schools are better at it than others. So the school can do its bit in what it can do by the teaching they do, the way they engage pupils, the way they present their curriculum, the choices they give their pupils. But the other, that's only one part of it. You can't just say, oh, it's all the school's fault. You've also got to have a very active community out there and very active parents who value education. The last data collected on truancy by the Ministry of Education was in 2006, which was at that stage a biennial snapshot survey taking over one week. It was canned last year by the then Minister of Education, Chris Carter, and so no figures for 2008 were gathered. Some questioned the value of the survey, but according to Graham McCann from the Secondary Schools Principals Council, new national data is essential. Even the data that we had before wasn't all that useful. I mean, it had some uses, but it wasn't anything like as fine-grained as it could have been and should have been, in my view. For example, we know that primary and secondary schools have different patterns of truancy. The truancy grows as children get older. So truancy is higher on the whole in secondary schools than in primary schools. There's also a connection between socio-economic factors and truancy. So it would be incredibly helpful, for example, to be able to rank our, our own schools, for those of us who work in the secondary sector, against other secondary schools of our type including our decile, and we can't do that at present. But it seems inexplicable, given all the attention around lack of engagement, that they wouldn't collect data as basic as that. A new electronic attendance register has been in the pipeline for some time, but so far is not widely used. At present, 300 schools out of 2,450 are using it. Up with a new Minister of Education, Anne Tolley, saying she wants to make tackling truancy a priority, the Ministry of Education is hoping wider buy-in will happen. Jim Greening is the Ministry of Education's Senior Manager of Implementation and Planning. We have uh, several hundred schools using that now, and this year we will be doing an in-depth survey. It will be in Term 3. We will have all of the schools who are using the electronic attendance register involved and another five to 600 schools will do a paper-based survey for us. That will give us a real snapshot around what is happening at the moment and give us a lead on any trends that we need to follow up on. It's taken some time for schools to pick up on the fact that the electronic attendance register is a good initiative. It's one that they can use and it's one that doesn't take a lot of time. When it, when it is in place and it's being used well by schools, it takes a lot less time than the old paper-based methods that we used for ticking attendance registers. And it does take time for schools across the country to be trained in the process of using it, for teachers to be trained in the process of using it, and for the community to know what's happening as well. It's building, and the more we can build on it, the better. And that's why, with the survey that we'll, we will be doing, we'll use those schools that are already in the electronic system, but we'll use a much wider sample to get a better picture of what's actually going on. At some schools, including Hamilton Girls High, using high-tech ways of tracking students has proved very useful. 
The principal, Mary Ann Baxter. In our case, at any stage, we can actually, through arrangements we have with parents with texts and email, we can let them know whether their daughter is at school or not. And that has been one way that we've been able to make a difference in terms of those girls who might sort of, you know, think that they'll take potluck and see if they'll just sort of shoot through once or twice. But in fact, we are getting more and more rigorous. And certainly with the likes of SASH in the community, another group that you can call on who've been hugely helpful in being able to call into homes. In our community we've also got a program called Rock On where we are tracking students who have significant truancy and it begins from things where they perhaps start to you know, just take some time off and for the girls to know that in fact there is a tracking system, that you know, we are monitoring it, I think that's quite fruitful for a lot of girls to sort of see that it's not going to be a clever thing to attempt to do that. An example of a proactive approach to dealing with truancy is being implemented by the police in Waikato. Senior Sergeant Lance Tibbet says it will involve police working with schools, attendance officers and other agencies to target children not in class. We will be putting a large number of staff during the school hours to visit parents with uh, truanting children. Any school with unexplained absences will give us the names and addresses of those students that aren't there. And as truancy officers under the Act, we will be uh, visiting them and saying, why isn't your child at school? Uh, if there's valid reasons, that's fine. So that'll be continuous right through to the end of the year. Um, it's, a, uh, it's a large commitment of police time, but we see the benefit for Hamilton City will be huge. We're not saying that all truants are committing offences, but all offenders that are school-aged are truants during the school hours, obviously. Graham McCann from the Secondary School's Principals' Council and the Principal of Rosehall College in Papakura says schools need more help and resources to assist young people who can't cope well in the secondary school. In the case of my school, I have about uh, 900 students in years 9 and 10. I have four places available for those who can't fit in the school well at a local activity centre. Some schools have none, of course, so I shouldn't cry poverty too much. But I still cry poverty to some degree because four places at a local activity centre to provide intensive work for youngsters who can't fit in this big school does seem woefully inadequate. Alternative education for youngsters who are you know, younger than the leaving age or younger than the age where we might even apply for an exemption for them from secondary school those sort of possibilities are incredibly hard to access. The people who work in uh, group special education, for example, are really under-resourced, very hard to get resources from them, really hard to get help from them. In my school, I have at least half a dozen students that we've referred to GSE. They can't do anything with them because they, they don't have the resource to work with them. And those uh, youngsters are not coping at all well in the school, which includes truancy, it also includes the, the risk of the school having to decide whether or not those youngsters should actually be here. That is taking formal measures against them. There are currently 75 district attendants and truancy services operating in this country. They're all being evaluated by the Ministry of Education and this is expected to be completed in July. Jim Greening from the Ministry says it's a good time to look at their work. 
we understand that truancy is an issue for the whole of the New Zealand community and we know that we've got a number of initiatives in there and in some cases they work well, in some cases they don't seem to work well. So if, if we continue to review it and analyse it uh, and look at what is happening in the way of good practice across the country and build on that, then we are in a good position, yes. The School Attendance Service Hamilton SASH welcomes the review and believes the work, if well targeted, is essential in any community. Gordon Crocker chairs the trust running SASH. I guess there's always the danger and, and the key question is are we putting more and more finances into something that we're going to get a, a minimal, if any, return for. It's my contention, and this view is not shared by everybody, that this town really needs four field officers minimum going full-time on the proactive work, working with our primaries and intermediates in particular, and the juniors of a high school. Uh, I think there is a better return for that than increased financing for a cause that, to be quite honest, when students are 14, 15 years of age, is a lost cause. The national government appears to be taking the issue of truancy seriously, and the recent budget, $16 million, was allocated to it. Jim Greening from the Ministry of Education says just how that money will be spent has yet to be decided but that some of the funding will go directly to schools to use on the issues they see around truancy on a day-to-day basis. Such things as intermittent truancy, uh, students who um, suddenly aren't at school for no apparent reason, when there's no um, planning that's been done for it, the school can use other people to help them do it. There are a variety of ways in which um, that it could be used, and schools will be innovative around that, I'm sure. Graham McCann would like to see a bigger effort made to work with youngsters at risk. Secondary schools have to cope with them and work with them when they're in their teens, but if we could make a difference when they're very young so that there are fewer casualties in the early teens years, then that would make our schools happier places and our society a much happier place. Senior Sergeant Lance Tibbet. People that go to school, even if they just go there to eat their lunch, not even to, uh, they come out with no qualifications whatsoever, that sets them up in, in later life to to have far better life outcomes. Uh, they're far less likely to be uh, a victim of crime or an offender, and their, uh, their average earning capabilities are far higher than those that, that don't attend school. It's, I think it's probably the, the instilling in them of the routine of having to get up in the morning and go to work, and you know, you're getting up and going to school, and uh, I think it just sets them up for life. And, and that's what we're after. Dr Michael Irwin from Massey University views truancy as a social illness that needs to be cured. Any disease that's in your society, if you don't do something with it, it spreads. And truancy is one of those. If two boys are truant for a day and they come back to school and brag about it and say, hey, we had it one time, next time you will come too. Suddenly you get more. So, this, so if you can cure truancy or limit it, and monitored it very closely, you are curing one of those illnesses in our society. You are also giving children a better opportunity for later on in life, and you're steering them probably in a less chance of them being connected with drugs, with crime, and social damage or property damage. So when you look at what it can cause, I think we need to put a big emphasis on there. And I think the schools have to be at the forefront of doing that, supported by the parents and the community. School is about effort, but it's also about enjoyment and it's about success. 
That programme was written and presented by Andrew McRae. Technical production was by Shannon McKenna and it was produced by Sue Ingram.